a dateline June 30th, 2014. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 305. And uh, I'm flying solo this week. No, uh, Grant's not putting up with the wintry weather here. He's down with the uh, dreaded lurgy again, I guess, this week. So I'm, I'm sitting here doing it solo. So uh, we'll have to make this one a short one. That should make Max very happy. That uh, means less editing for him. Actually, it makes me happy because it's much less editing for me as well. Now, uh, let's go on to a couple of stories we found here this week on australianaviation.com.au, a fantastic news source that we use quite often here at the Australia Desk. And uh, this one's talking about uh, maintenance. In fact, so many maintenance jobs have been uh, disappearing from Australia here from the uh, airline sector uh, over recent years. And of course, uh, most of that bad news has been coming, unfortunately, for Qantas. But uh, here's a good news story this week. And it's interesting because uh, although it's talking about maintenance jobs coming here to Melbourne, it's actually uh, covering two airlines that actually aren't Australian. One of them is Etihad and the other one is Air New Zealand. And uh, this article here, and I'll put a link in the show notes, talks here about Etihad and Air New Zealand announcing that they're going to be sharing maintenance services uh, here in New Zealand and in Los Angeles. Now, of course, uh, Air New Zealand quite prominent here in Melbourne skies, of course, uh, flying in A320s along with Boeing 777s and uh, Etihad has their maintenance facility here. They also have one up in Sydney where they perform line maintenance predominantly along with uh, you know any other type of repair work that needs to be done at short notice. Of course, this being an end of the world destination, as it's known, very important for some of these carriers that are coming from uh, far away places like the Middle East that they have uh, maintenance uh, bases out here. And it's good to know that uh, you know Australian maintenance staff are picking up work in New Zealand are going to be able to from now on make use of this facility here in Melbourne so that's fantastic and uh, as part of this agreement Etihad will also be using Air New Zealand's maintenance facilities over there in Los Angeles to perform similar type of maintenance so really interesting to see that uh, you know when uh, Qantas in particular is pulling maintenance jobs out of here saying that it's not viable to do it that uh, other airlines and particularly airlines that don't even come from this part of the world uh, are setting up maintenance right here in Melbourne so uh, a really good news story there and uh, I'm sure that if Grant were here that uh, he'd be having lots more to say about that. And now last week, folks, we spoke to Alex Fisher. He's, of course, doing the flight of solidarity, uh, flying around Australia in a Cessna 172 and uh, raising uh, vital funds for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Now, last week, we spoke to him when he was weep away up in the north of Australia, and now he's down in Perth, right over on the west coast. Alex, how are you? Good, thank you. Yourself? I'm very well, mate. Now, uh, tell us about your adventure in the week since we spoke to you last. Um, How's the flight been? Oh, it's been good. Very busy. A couple of very long legs and uh, getting into controlled airspace again. So it's been a very busy couple of days. Now, of course, many of our American listeners um, are quite surprised when we tell them that uh, we don't have uh, a lot of radar coverage, a lot of controlled airspace in, in, in probably the vast majority of this country, actually. So, uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, quite different, isn't it, flying up around uh, more remote areas of Australia, particularly uh, people, uh, if they remember now, you've had your pilot's license, your private pilot's license now for about four weeks. Yeah, that's correct. And it actually really stumped me at the lack of radio radar coverage that uh, Australia had because we only got radar coverage coming into Perth about 15 minutes out from Perth. That's where it started, so... Yeah. Yeah, you are correct there. And how many stops have you made along the way? Um, since we last talked to you, we've made about 20 stops, I believe, just under that, just under 20 stops, which was a little bit more than we expected, but we had to get a bit more fuel. Okay, now that's interesting because I know down here in Melbourne, of course, uh, for people who are not uh, familiar with Australia's geography, Alex is talking to us way over on the west coast and uh, I'm way down here on the southeast coast. It's been terrible weather down here in our part of Australia the last week since we spoke to you, so uh, has that been a factor for you up there? Uh, no, we've actually had clear blue skies, no clouds, so far so we've been extremely lucky with the weather especially the winds we've had tailwinds so far the whole way okay so um the extra stops just uh just you know i guess a bit of a learning experience for you yeah it's just uh we'd, we'd rather have that safety buffer with the fuel and 
having, you know, land with an extra hour of fuel than land without that. No worries. And I guess uh, most of us, I guess, uh, you know, your typical 172, I guess, would have about four hours duration, I think, if memory serves. Yeah, about that four hours, just under five hours, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Okay, now tell us about your fundraising effort for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. How's that been going? Oh, it's been going great. We did a um, massive fundraising activity at uh, Darwin. At, uh, the night we are in Darwin, we went up along the uh, strip there, went into all the restaurants and stuff and uh, filled up three tins for the RFDF, completely full. So, yeah, the Darwin people, they... They were very generous. Well, of course, the Royal Flying Doctor Services are really, you know, it's it really comes into its own in that part of the country, and I guess uh, you'd be getting a good appreciation of that flying around in such uh, remote areas. But uh, I guess uh, you'd, you'd find a, naturally a lot of support for the Royal Flying Doctor Service uh, when you're up in those areas. Oh yeah, an absolute amazing support network the uh, RFDS have. It's it's because uh, you know some of those towns we go to, they don't actually have a doctor in the town, so the RFDS have to fly a doctor there for the day. So they, yeah, a lot of support for the Royal Flying doctors. Fantastic. Now, uh, where's the aircraft tonight as we speak? Are you down there at Jandicott? Yeah, we're at Jandicott Airport. It's parked there. Okay, and tell us about your flight planning for the uh, for the rest of the flight. Now, uh, of course, the weather has been a factor and it looks like it's going to be uh, increasingly so as you make your way uh, towards the east coast now. Uh, how's that looking for you? The weather's the biggest factor that's now come into our flight planning, you know, looking at not just the weather for the next day, but the outlook for the next couple of days to see, you know, can we get to Tasmania with the uh, weather for the next couple of days? So, yeah, it is a huge factor that's now come into our equation. From what part of Australia will you be uh, making that crossing uh, across Bass Strait? Are you going to sort of head to sort of southern Victoria before you head across Bass Strait? Yeah, so we actually uh, jump across from mainland Australia to Tasmania from Apollo Bay. So that's our leaving point. And then we touch back across on Australia coming back up the coast at Latrobe Valley. All right, folks. And uh, if you uh, want to support Alex, we mentioned it last week. We we'll mentioned his website here once again, flightofsolidarity.com.au. And uh, Alex, uh, only 17 years old. Um, Alex, when, did you, when do you turn 18? Uh, October this year. Okay, so uh, chances are that you'll still be 17 when you finish this flight, mate. We certainly hope so. Yeah. And uh, this is a, a wonderful thing that you're doing, mate, and uh, great to see a young person getting out and doing this sort of thing and uh, supporting the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Always a very worthy course. So, Alex, we might catch up with you again uh, in another week or so and see how you're going. Yeah, that'll be great. Thank you so much. Well, it's Standing. And uh, I tell you what, he's going to have it all ahead of him over the next uh, week or so as he makes his way east, um, talking there about some of the weather reports that uh, he'll be looking at as he's doing his flight planning. I tell you what, this is winter down here, and uh, we're having a very normal winter time uh, for this time of year down here. We've had a few mild ones the last few years, but boy, I tell you what, across the uh, the southern parts of Australia, and particularly down in the southeast corner where I live, it's been uh, pretty windy and woolly and awful winter weather. So <laughs> he's certainly going to have uh, uh, the challenges ahead of him, but um, he sounds like uh, he's uh, doing a great job, and I'm sure that he'll be uh, very, very cautious as he makes his way across east. If you'd like to find out more about the uh, Royal Flying Doctor Service, we do talk about it from time to time. You can find their website at flyingdoctor.org.au, a very unique service, the Royal Flying Doctor Service, and in fact, a vital one for people living in rural and remote areas of this very large country. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. Gee, this is hard work doing it solo on my own. I hope Grant's back with me next week. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. Cheers, folks.